Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined, as always, by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talking Tide podcast wherever you prefer getting your podcast, Apple Podcasts, any other app you may prefer. Also, get us live on both Facebook and YouTube. And the Twitter feed, of course, is talking underscore tide. Get links to all of our podcasts, which come at you twice weekly during the football season, right there on the Twitter feed. Quick thanks to four sponsors. We'll get uh, more on them a little later in the program. But as always, thanks to Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates in Tuscaloosa, DraftKings and Raycon earbuds. And with that, Travis, we preview Alabama's forthcoming road contest against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Your reset on that one. It'll be a 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff airing on CBS. Arkansas comes in 3-1 and one on the year, 1-1 one and one in SEC play. The Crimson Tide, of course, 4-0 and oh and 1-0 and oh in the SEC. And uh, with the way... Alabama's played on the road the last year plus, Travis. I think there's uh, some probably some anxious Alabama fans, despite a, a, what I believe is about a 17-point spread. Uh, Alabama fans, I think, pretty anxious to see this team uh, on the road again and and see if they can see if they can get the job done without a without a nail biter like they had in Austin, Texas. Yeah, they're ready to see some of those hateful competitors, right, that Nick Saban has talked about. Go on the road and just sort of surgically remove the heart of an opponent. Now, look, you know, some of these teams that Alabama used to do this to quite regularly, like Arkansas, have improved vastly over the last couple of years. So there's something to be said about the other side of that, too. Uh, But there's no doubt, just uh, a team that, Really, when you talk about a road game, needs a four-quarter performance because we didn't see that as much last year. I guess Mississippi State was the exception, right, last season. But yeah, uh, after the Texas game, I, I think it's understandable that there's some Alabama fans a little bit anxious about this one. Offensively for the Crimson Tide, uh, Bryce Young obviously off to another excellent start this season. Uh, maybe Jameer Gibbs in line for a few more touches. He's been a dynamic presence, uh, but a guy that Alabama has kind of only leaned on in spurts. He got halfway through the second quarter against Vanderbilt before he got his first touch uh, mm-hmm. last week. So that's something to keep an eye on. And also, Travis, I think something to watch for is uh, a little bit different look in the Arkansas secondary. We're used to seeing – in past years, a lot of zone from Barry Odom in the secondary. This year, Arkansas playing more man, uh, challenging receivers a little bit more, and and perhaps that's been part of what's translated into an SEC high 20 sacks. Yeah, they played more man against Alabama last year, too, and gave up 559 passing yards in that game. They brought more pressure. You're right, Barry Odom, his DNA has been – to go with more zone coverage. Uh, after seeing LSU, I'm sure, in one of the previous weeks, if not the previous week last November, they saw the success that LSU had in bringing the blitz and bringing extra guys. And so Arkansas tried it themselves in the meeting a year ago, and, and they did sack Bryce four times. But, man, when Bryce got the ball out of his hand, 
uh, it was a real problem for that Arkansas secondary, which for the second straight year is going to be without Jalen Catalan back there when it takes on Alabama. And, you know, this might be a Kendall Randolph game too. You might get Kendall Randolph if, if, if Arkansas comes out bringing extra guys and playing man coverage behind it. Um, maybe Kendall Randolph, like he did in the game last year, comes in and you go more max protection with six or seven guys. But, you know, the problem with this team, maybe in comparison to that team a year ago, is that, you know, if you're Arkansas, you're saying, well, yeah, you can do that. But that doesn't mean necessarily that these guys are going to get open as much as the previous guys got open, which they did in Tuscaloosa last time around. Yeah, pass protection, definitely something to watch. Uh, Arkansas's 20 sacks, as I mentioned, leads the SEC. Uh, and it's been uh, it, it's been several guys that have done it. Drew Sanders, the former Alabama linebacker, leads the NCAA with five and a half. Uh, and uh, Jordan Dominic's got five himself on that defensive line. So I guess those two make up about half of that Arkansas sack production thus far in the season. Pass protection will, will, will certainly be big. And like you said, Travis, it is a beat-up Arkansas secondary. Not only is Jalen Catalan out for the year, he was a team captain at that mm-hmm. safety side. That's the big loss. They also found out uh, in recent days that they will not be getting Ladarius Bishop back. Uh, he was a corner for the Razorbacks. And so uh, a depleted secondary, something Alabama definitely, you would think, would have a, a good opportunity to exploit. Uh, but they do got they've got to get Bryce Young the time, and and maybe that does mean some Kendall Randolph at tight end or Robbie Utes or whatever you got to do to 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 keep an extra body in there and and pick up a blitzer or whatever it takes. Yeah, that's where the backs will be a little bit under the gun too. Jason McClellan, Jameer Gibbs, we recognize them more so for their work as runners and receivers, but. Uh, in that area of pass protection, um, you, you've got to be ready to go this week. So, you know, Alabama, in terms of pass protection, has allowed four sacks in four games. You know, a year ago, they were giving up right around three sacks per game uh, for the entirety of that season. So, at least to this point, you're seeing some improvement. And, yes, Bryce helps in that regard, too, with his feet. But, um I think it's been – I think the improvement has has is looked pretty much what it's been on tape. I agree, and I think the pass protection against Vanderbilt in particular was the best we've seen from Alabama's offensive front all year. Bryce Young had uh, all the time he could have asked for, I thought, against the Commodores. And so if they can keep that momentum going, uh, that'll be big against this Arkansas pass rush. Drew Sanders, uh, an interesting note as well, Travis – has moved to inside linebacker for the Razorbacks, played outside at Alabama. Nick Saban was asked about that this past Monday and indicated that had Drew Sanders stuck around, the future for him at Alabama probably would have been inside. Uh, He goes to Arkansas. Sam Pittman said today on the SEC teleconference that Sanders walked in the door asking uh, to play inside for the Razorbacks. They had lost a couple of starters from last year's defense inside, uh, but they've set him up on the edge some too, Travis. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's he's been moved around. He's a versatile talent for that Razorbacks defense. Yeah, during his time at Alabama, my comp for him was Dante Hightower because Dante, especially early in his career, a really uh, athletic and big, 
linebacker that you could use inside on early downs and then kick him outside of the edge on passing downs. And, you know, that's sort of the way I envisioned um, Drew as well. Uh, but it's a sensible move for him. Uh, it could have played out that way at Alabama. Maybe it it probably would have played out that way. This guy is extremely gifted, but when you get inside linebacker, but also on the edge, uh, he was walking right into an every down roll, maybe even more so than bumper pool, who he runs with there at that inside position. Big guy, 6'5", 235, uh, can definitely bring it for Arkansas, and, and uh, he could be, he could certainly be a handful on Saturday. Elsewhere around the Alabama offense, uh, a wide receiver position, who's it going to be this week, right, Travis? It seems like each week there's a different kind of a step up. Uh, it was Ja'Cory Brooks certainly against Vanderbilt with a career-high 117 yards. Maybe it's Trayshawn Holden against Arkansas. Maybe, who knows, maybe JoJo Earl gets back into the mix. Nick Saban uh, didn't say anything definitive about his status for the game, but didn't rule him out either. It would, of course, be his first action of the season. Yeah, and that would be an interesting dynamic because I think what JoJo gives you, too, is some yards after the catch, which we've talked so much about the absence of a vertical passing game, certainly in comparison to what we've seen in previous years, but also yards after the catch is an area where they need help. Now, you know, they got some of that in their last couple of games, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, Trayshawn Holden, but they do it more with their strength and their size and breaking tackles. As far as make you miss goes, I think that's where JoJo Earl could make an impact. And also uh, perhaps as we talked about on Sunday night, and that punt return game as well. Speaking of that punt return role, Travis, is do, do you think we see – let's for the moment assume that JoJo – for the purposes of this question, we'll assume that JoJo Earl is not a go. Uh, does Kool-Aid McKinstry remain in that punt return role against Arkansas coming off of two fumbles against Vanderbilt, albeit another game where he was impressive yardage-wise in that role? They stuck with him, you know, after the muff and after the fumble, right, against Vanderbilt. And then, you know, Brian Branch comes in. He gets an opportunity. He must one, too. So it's not like, you know, he offered up a strong case for himself. I guess, you know, you could look at some other guys like Jermaine Burton, put him back there. Um, but if it isn't JoJo Earl, I, I would think it would still be Kool-Aid, Chase. I don't know about you. I kind of think we'll see Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think it'll be interesting also to see if JoJo Earl is eased back into playing time, maybe just as a, as a receiver at the outset, right? Maybe pick up that punt return role uh, after he's gotten his feet wet for a week. Uh, wh what are your thoughts on, on – or do they bring back JoJo Earl full go in both roles? What are your thoughts there? I think if he's back, he's back. And that's typically the way it seems to have worked with Nick, right? When a guy is good to go and able to go, uh, the the roles that they sort of have planned for that player is is how it goes. So, you know, I would think if he is cleared and and they're game planning uh, with him in mind this week, he's, he's going to be right there in that mix. Now, I say that. I don't think you just go totally away from Kobe Prentice. I think Kobe Prentice has done some good things there in the slot. So 
just because he's back doesn't mean he takes on 50, 60 snaps a game maybe in the rotation. Um, but the, he'll be playing to be utilized as if they needed him for that many, they could do it. Yeah. And they've, they've gotten Jameer Gibbs into that slot position a fair mm-hmm. bit too. So that eats up into those slot snaps as well. Uh, you know, and they seen- could do that this week, you know, to get some of the personnel matchups they want defensively, right? Yeah. Um, two back stuff has certainly been a big part of what they do. So absolutely. Yeah, we've we've seen 21 personnel at times with Alabama with Gibbs and, and McClellan in the backfield at, at once. But then if Gibbs motions to the slot, now you're really not 21, right? You're 11. Yeah. I mean, basically, with, with Gibbs out there, you're 11 because he, yeah. he might as well be a slot receiver or wide receiver. Talk of Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network continues on. We're going to take a quick look at this Alabama defense now ahead of the Crimson Tide's uh, fifth game of the season against the Arkansas Razorbacks. Travis, your thoughts on defending uh, it's got to start with KJ Jefferson, the outstanding quarterback for the Razorbacks, a run pass threat. Uh, he's completed, I think around 70% of his passes this year. And, and, and of course, when he tucks it, he's a big guy and, and a fast guy and a hard guy to tackle. Yeah. When you look at, uh, KJ and rocket and Dominique Johnson, those two running backs with rocket Sanders and, and Dominique Johnson, you're talking about a trio that combined averages 239 pounds. So Rocket Sanders, who can fly, obviously, hence the nickname, you know, he's 227. Johnson is 247 at running back. Yeah. And then you got to deal with KJ at 242. So it's largely a between the tackle sort of approach. Um, you know, they'll run zone and they'll run different stuff to the edges too. Uh, but I got to think that this week it's, it's largely about the, the, the inside run game and, you know, where it starts there for that Alabama defense. And, you know, we saw Alabama last week, they did play nickel against, uh, 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field, but they did it from a heavy look and they opened the game against Arkansas last November with three defensive linemen on the field. So. I think they like to have Dallas Turner and Will Anderson out there together as much as possible, but it might be a heavier nickel that they open with this week with three defensive linemen on the field to go along with Will Anderson because they know it's going to be a a, a lot of inside drill kind of football with K.J. Jefferson running it. Speaking of the inside running game for Arkansas, too, they've got one of the absolute best centers in all of college football in Ricky Stromberg. He's a preseason All-SEC guy. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him graded the number three center in the country so far this season. Uh, He can really play. And so him going against the DJ Dales and the Jaheim Otis's and you know, obviously, sometimes some of, some of the other guys end up on a center as well with with stunts and what have you. But that's going to be a matchup to watch as far as Arkansas's ability to to spring Rocket Sanders between the tackles. No doubt about it. Alabama was good enough in the game in November of last season against Arkansas, against Jefferson, and and also uh, those three backs that that Arkansas had at the time. They they did a good enough job. And that was key because they were able to get 
KJ Jefferson north of 30 pass attempts. That's a key stat this week. You want to get KJ into the 30s, right? Throwing the football because where Arkansas wants to be is more around 50 runs at you. That's right. what they want. They want to be more 50-25 or even better in in run pass ratio. So um, now look, KJ lit them up with Traylon Burks last year. Yeah. Um, there's not, but without Traylon Burks. I think you're more willing to take your chances in that scenario this time around. And maybe with that chase, we see um, Alabama get DeMarco Helms or a safety involved uh, against the run, even from the early stages of the game and essentially say, look, if you got the guys on the outside this year that can beat us, we need to see them because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah. Will Anderson, I think we'll see certainly more of him in this game, Travis. He – uh, has been playing very effectively for Alabama, uh, but he's only averaged 35 snaps a game through the first four games. He averaged close to 60 snaps a game last year for the Crimson Tide. And so uh, now you now you're you got an SEC road game, especially with a guy like Jefferson. Uh, I, I think Will Anderson's snap count takes a little bit of a spike this week, doesn't it? And it's probably also a byproduct of being too good on third down, right? They, they've been, they've been off the field a lot true too. when they get to third down. So I don't know if they've had the opportunity uh, to have him out there as much, but no, when you get to October, it's the training wheels and, and the snap counts or the pitch counts and all those things, they come off carry counts for guys like KJ Jefferson, probably in September. If you're Sam Pittman, You'd like to keep him under 10 carries a game because you know once you get to October, you're probably going to try to push him up to 15 to 20 carries a game, and he's going to have to take some extra hits. Uh, But it's October now. And, you know, I think something else, too, is, you know, fans obviously excited about seeing Braswell and Turner and Anderson out there together against Vanderbilt. And, And I would think we'll see some of that this week. But the thing about K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas is just because it's third and seven, doesn't mean they're throwing the football. So you can't maybe go as light as you would like just because it's third and seven against this offense because they'll run right at you in your dime and uh, or if you're light up front and, and get eight, nine, ten yards. Or that, that design quarterback draw out well, of the yeah. shotgun. That too. With a 242-pound guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's something to that's something to watch for as well. Uh, the Vegas man, Travis, as we said, Alabama favored by around seventeen, depending on where you look. I believe that over under is fifty nine, uh, mm-hmm. upwards of sixty uh, in some precincts. We'll call it. Uh, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on on those two numbers? Uh, if you had to pick one of the four. One side of the spread or one side of that over under, where do you fall? I, I the the man's just too good, you know, because my score is right there at fifty nine total, probably. I would probably go over if I did anything on this game. Um, seventeen is a lot for a team that, as we talked about over the last season plus, hasn't exactly dropped the hammer on teams on the road and. Right. I think in some ways this is a matchup that suits Alabama extremely well. Um, but we've seen this offense in some road games the last couple of seasons, even with Jamison Williams and John Mechie 
mm-hmm. struggle to score a lot of points. So, you know, I, I said the same thing last week about Vandy and all the points the Commodores were getting, and then Alabama covers and wins by 52. I, I just I don't feel comfortable with this situation because I do think Arkansas is truly a quality football team, and you're going on the road once again. I've been issuing, Travis, since the season began, a, a SEC spread recommendation weekly. Uh, and I almost went with Arkansas plus 17 and a half for the exact reasons you just outlined. Alabama just hadn't been consistent enough on the road, uh, certainly not against Texas. And even going back to last year, I just felt like that was too big a number at Arkansas. However, uh, at the last minute, I decided to – uh, switch gears and offer up Auburn plus nine and a half at home against LSU as, mm-hmm. as my uh, my spread recommendation. It had been eight and a half, and when word came down that TJ Finley was not going to play, it moved at a point to nine and a half. That kind of pushed me over the top. Yeah, you either like those points or not. I don't think TJ Finley impacts that deal enough for me anyway. Right. If I liked uh, if I liked Auburn getting seven and a half, eight and a half with TJ Finley, I I probably like him even more, even without him getting nine and a half. But yeah, I mean, you think about the success Alabama's had out in Fayetteville. I mean, Alabama's covered that over really in just about each of its last three trips out there. But a little bit of a different Alabama team, and you know, we'll see. It looks like the passing game's trending in a positive direction. Um, this is a defense that's capable of scoring on its own. Um, it's a kicking game that's capable of scoring on its own, but, uh, just seems like a lot 17 and a half right now. Ticket man, Travis, the low price right now on the secondary market to get into Reynolds Razorback stadium on Saturday is right around a hundred dollars, maybe even down to 90 uh, for yeah. the upper deck nosebleeders. But if you go down in the lower bowl between the 40s, Travis, people are still asking five, $600 or more for a ticket. That'll come that that's going to plummet, I think. But just uh, wait, just yeah. wait. And I, by the way, it, it's a great place to watch a football game. Yeah, to me, it, it's probably my favorite place um, because it wasn't overbuilt. You know, it's what, 78, 79,000. Right. And it's built in a way in which as long as you're in that stadium, you've got a great view of the mm. football game. And the noise stays in there um, from the media perspective. Uh, you know, the press setup has always been a great vantage point. Uh, just a, a great place to watch a football game. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Glad to have you all listening and perhaps watching on YouTube or Facebook. Going to thank a couple of sponsors here really quickly. Going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates. Former Alabama linebacker Jack Smalley and that great staff of dental hygienists over there, conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park. Endodontics, dentures, cosmetic dentistry, porcelain veneers, laser dentistry. He does it all. The teeth whitening services, extremely popular as well. You can get in and get those choppers whitened up from Dr. Jack, also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. They're going to get you in and out of the chair, 
in less than an hour typically on a routine cleaning. So make sure you get in there twice a year for those routine cleanings. Get your family in there. Dr. Jack will take great care of you. The phone number 752-3506 to make an appointment or you can check them out online at northriverdentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. It is Arkansas week, so you know what that means at Peterbrook Chocolatier. That's right, the hand-dipped chocolate bacon. They got you covered. Go over there. Check it out. Savory, sweet, salty. Trust me, when you try it, it'll make a lot of sense. It's not just a novelty thing. That chocolate-covered bacon during Arkansas week, it tastes great. So check that out at Peterbrook Chocolatier. If you like more of the traditional favorites, they've got you covered there as well. The different assortments, the box assortments are always a favorite. That carousel right there in the middle of the store. If you like chocolate almonds, you like uh, the different types of individual pieces of chocolate, they got you right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. All right, going to tell you all about DraftKings. Now the NFL action is in full swing at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins at DraftKings. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place just a $5 bet on any football game. Once again, that's promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And finally, going to tell you about those fantastic Raycon earbuds. I've got a pair. They're doing great. I like them more by the day. Raycon wireless earbuds are the way to go. They've got the look, feel, and sound that's better than ever. Optimized gel tips for a super in-ear fit. They will not slip out of your ears. Eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, and half the price of other premium audio brands. 50,000 five-star reviews for these Raycon everyday earbuds. You just cannot beat that. So go to Raycon.com today and use promo code TPPN15 and you will score 15% off of your Raycon order. Once again, promo code TPPN15 by Raycon.com. You'll score 15% off. And uh, with that, Travis will bounce around the SEC for a few minutes like we enjoy doing on the Wednesday nighter. Uh, Auburn previously mentioned dogs at home. Home dogs have teeth, Travis, as you like to say. They're Very wise man once said that. Yes. Significant underdogs to LSU. Uh, I was impressed watching Robbie Ashford last week, and I know they didn't score a lot of points against Missouri. I know he's uh, far from a finished product as a quarterback, but that guy is, he's an athlete uh, and he can do a lot of damage uh, with his feet as as can Jaden Daniels at LSU. So, so maybe they kind of cancel each other out in that regard. 
Uh, and I think LSU ultimately wins the game, but I do think Auburn covers at home. Yeah, it's a big weekend in the SEC West, man, and this is one of those games. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't still really trust either one of these teams. I know LSU in the second half and down the stretch of that Florida State opener did a lot of good things and put itself in position to at least have a chance to extend that game and perhaps win it there in New Orleans. Um, I know that, again, the second half against Mississippi State uh, was especially good for LSU and the win over the Bulldogs. Uh, it's really West right now because it doesn't have the feel of that. But I'm going to go LSU on the road. I, I'm 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 with you in a way that I can certainly see Auburn covering. I don't think this will be a blowout in any form or fashion, but. Uh, I think Daniels right now, there's just more continuity, specifically at the quarterback position. And, um, you know, I, I think even the depth right now is is certainly it benefits LSU uh, from that standpoint. But, yeah, boy, Auburn just just not very good. I know they ended up getting the win. That, that game against Missouri, to me, was more about Missouri losing that game than Auburn winning it. There's no question. That was as much of a giveaway game as, as I've ever seen in college football, I think, really, with uh, the way Missouri dropped that one on the road. Kentucky at Ole Miss. Travis, a battle of unbeatens, a battle of two teams that are uh, both, depending on who you talk to, considered uh, maybe the third best team in the league. I like Kentucky as the third best team uh, in the SEC right now. That's how I've got it in these power rankings that I do uh, on Sunday mornings for the Tuscaloosa News. Ole Miss, though, has been outstanding as well. They're playing at home. How do you see this one shaping up? I've gone back and forth with this one throughout the week. I like Will Levis at the quarterback position. I think Kentucky has an edge there, and that's huge. When you They're go getting on your the guy road. back. Chris Rodriguez Christian Rodriguez back. Yeah. coming back. I think that's huge. I thought before that, before last weekend, or really before even going into this week, I might have had Ole Miss as the third best team in the league. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Levis and Rodriguez, uh, with him back in that lineup. And, um, you know, Mark Stoops, a good coach. So, uh, you know, I, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with your Kentucky Wildcats over Ole Miss on the road. A&M on the road at Mississippi State. Hopefully somebody's wearing white in that one, Travis, or it'll be hard to tell them apart. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on uh, A&M. I kind of like Mississippi State at home in this one. I think Will Rogers is having is going to have his way uh, against the Texas A&M pass defense that's been actually really good. A&M's only given up about 155 passing yards per game on average, which in this day and age is outstanding. Uh, but I like Will Will Rogers carving them up here and and, uh, getting it done at home. Yeah, see, A&M should be at a point from a talent perspective on the defensive side of the ball that it's able to do to Mississippi State what Alabama has done to Mississippi State the last two years, and that's rush three or four guys, drop seven or eight into coverage, get to Will Rogers – shut down that air raid offense by keeping everything in front and waiting on Will Rogers to throw you the football while you just unload on him with a three or four man rush. 
And DJ Durkin is the defensive coordinator now at Texas A&M. He was at Ole Miss prior, so he knows what he's getting into with this Mississippi State offense. Um, I'm going to go State, though, with you at home. It, it shouldn't be that way, but I saw State go into College Station and beat Mississippi, uh, beat A&M a year ago. Right. So I think it may be that it's Mississippi State's defense that ends up being the talk of this game, especially with the way Jimbo's offense has performed for much of this season already. Probably an underappreciated defense, I'd say, for Mississippi State. They had a pretty good year last year. I think mm -hmm. last year they were maybe 25th or 30th in the country, which isn't too bad. And this year they brought back, what, eight starters at least on that side of the ball. So uh, Zach Arnett can coach. And Noah Nia Smith for AM this week. Right. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Anaya Smith, the wide receiver, is out. That's a, a key cog for that Aggies offensive machine. All right. That's going to do it for the Talking Tide machine for this Wednesday nighter. Thanks to our listeners and viewers for checking in. Be sure to come back to us late Sunday night when Travis and I break down Alabama's game at Arkansas. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News and Crimson Cover Television, and we'll talk to you Sunday night on Talking Tide.